Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Moon Knight, episode three. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And if you haven't checked out the third episode of Moon Knight, it is live on Disney Plus. So go watch it over there, then come back over here because we're going to spoil the heck out of it. Starting with this recap right here. So we have headed to Egypt and in Egypt, Mark and Stephen are now jockeying for the same body. They're trying to figure out how to work together over the course of this episode. Meanwhile, Layla is also trying to grapple with the fact that her husband, Mark Spector, is also this guy, Stephen Grant. Um, Ultimately, by the end of the episode, they explore a sarcophagus that's hopefully going to send them on the path of Amit, the tomb of Amit specifically, uh, which Harrow has already begun excavating. And uh, at the very end of the episode, due to some sky-moving, on the behalf of Kanchu, Kanchu has been trapped in a statue. Harrow is threatening him. We also find out a lot more about the avatars over the course of this episode. Um, yeah. So big stuff going down. Big changes for the series now that we are halfway through. Yeah, poor, but before we get into it, Kanchu, you weren't here the last episode. How are you feeling about the show so far? Three episodes in now. Man, I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. Really? Um, okay. Can't get enough of it. I love the music they play at the end. I love uh, uh, all the action. At first, I was like, Oscar Isaac's voice is going to get really annoying. But when you it goes away and then you get it back, the kind of Steven guy, it's so enjoyable. You're kind uh, of enjoying it now. Don't. <laughs> you, you like no, it. No, 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 that's awful. I don't know you what you're like doing. You like me. You it's really not... like me. Oh, that's, that's the other personality inside Alex, mm-hmm. the little British boy. Mrs. Euphigenia Doubtfire. What <laughs> are you doing? Glad we're running with that as our um, reference of choice. I mean, that's my reference for Eddie. Everything all the time is Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, Justin, what about you? How are you feeling about the show now? Three episodes. Yeah, Justin, in, now be cool about it, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, let's not hey, bro, through. I'm cool. I'm all cool. Right. Um, I, I, I like it. Fight I'm, you. Uh, this I love. We expanded the universe a bit here. Um, I love how shitty of a god Kanshu is. Hey, um, this he is. What are you talking about? He is. He's a jerk, and he, uh, like, all the other gods are like, this idiot. Get him out of here. Oh, come on, They put him in such a tiny little statue. I know. I thought it was going to be bigger. Yeah, me too. (laughs) That was rough. Well, what we find out about Kanchu in this episode, which is kind of interesting, is that the rest of the gods, the rest of the Egyptian gods at least, essentially it seems like abandoned Earth. They have left things to their avatars to just watch, observe, and that's it. Kanshu is the only one who's taking an active role, and that sets him up in direct opposition to Harrow and Amit, who also want to take an active role, but an even more active role. So you basically have Kanshu, who is vengeance, and then Amit, who is extreme vengeance. And, yeah. uh, you know, maybe maybe there's a happy medium there. Maybe instead of killing all the evil people, you kill, you know, just I gotta a say, though, people. that meeting was a shitty meeting. You know what I mean? Like, hey. Could have been more of an email, right, Pete? Nice No, I just, you know, it was just kind of like Just like, oh, if you're going to ask him He's not going to say anything But like, 
where the fuck was he? Where did he? If you would just see what he was doing just before this, wait, it was he just, who? There's a lot of he's involved there. The yeah, I feel like maybe guy. we should start at the beginning of this meeting <laughs> rather okay, than just sure, being fine. like, cause yeah, yeah, yeah. I, honestly, Pete, you're you're turning this meeting into like sort of a half tweet, and I think we <laughs> owe it to this show because I respect it to discuss this whole hog. All right, fine. Let's let's back up. All the right, truck. Why should we start at the snout then? Yes, let's snout it up. Let's let's back up the snout is <laughs> what I say. Start, say let's start from say, the flip. You know what I mean? Take it back to the beginning. Yeah, well, actually, as I, as I always talk about on this podcast, we start at the snout, we go to the tail. So back to the snout with you. We often get what's, caught around the butthole, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> what? What's up with the pig nostrils, Pete? Hit us up. No, let's uh, let's take it back to the Marvel flip. You know what I mean? Like, let's start from the beginning. Were you going to say um, anything about that? It feels like even you got tired of this bit just now. <laughs> yeah. You're exhausted by yourself. No, yeah. so we you get to see. on the flip. We get to see a little bit more of uh, the wife uh, here Layla. with a, a lady who is helping her out and seems to know a little bit about Layla here. It's kind of a sweet. What was up with that scene? Was that just that like. That scene was weird. They were making fake passports like it they was were warming up Hot to, Pockets. It was a how to make fake passports. It felt to me like they didn't know there was going to be a previously on on the episode. And so they decided, oh, we need a scene of somebody recapping what's happened. We need to establish that we're going to Egypt because we won't have a shot of the pyramids again. So nobody will know. So instead they just had Layla talking to this lady about all this stuff. And I didn't mind it. I like Layla as a character, uh, but I thought it was sweet. Uh, it didn't play out in any way. Like it was nobody was going to play out later. I don't think so. I think that's the oh, last we see her passport no, lady. No way, no way man. She's, She's done. Back. She threw that passport together like uh, it was breakfast. Like what? She's out of control with that. It takes some time. <laughs> make it nice. It's a passport. She can make a passport in her sleep. I don't know why you're mad at her. Just felt a little ha- ha- lackadaisical. Oh, little, my. Uh, She's been doing them since she was a kid. Uh, she could do it. Uh, no problem. I don't know why you got you got to make it seem like more than it is. She cranks up passports. That, we learned that Layla is a relic unstealer. Mm-hmm. She unthieves them. That's well, right. I, I think the big thing. She steals them to take them back to the original owner. So we've been debating pretty heavily here on the podcast whether this show has more of an Indiana Jones feel or more of a The Mummy feel, which, to be fair, is the same feel. But no, how dare you? That's wrong. I'm going to be Pete in this. (laughs) The Mummy and Indiana Jones are different and one is better than the other. Okay, which one? Go ahead. I'll never tell you, except <laughs> it's Indiana Jones, and this episode felt like Indiana Jones. Yes. Uh, my notes that I wrote down here is the very first thing was, she's a real Indiana Jones in the Laylish scene, and then immediately following that up with Mark chasing people over the rooftops, them doing the dance fight, the whole thing with like throwing uh, the knife and him being like, whoa, that knife just missed me. I was like, this is Indiana Jones. They're just doing Indiana Jones here. And the scene in, um, what is it? Is it Last Crusade where he just, or no, it, it's uh, it, Temple of Doom. No, it's the first one. It's um, Raiders of the Lost Ark when the, the ninja dude is whipping mm-hmm. his swords around yeah, yeah. and Indy just shoots him. That was taken. It was right there. Absolutely. And, and just a, like as a side thing, I think everybody knows this, but for the one person listening to the podcast who doesn't know this story, so that scene in Indiana Jones where Indiana is standing there and the guy is whipping around the knives and then he just shoots him. 
one of the greatest scenes of the movie, one of the greatest movie scenes of all time, so fun, still holds up. But it was all because Harrison Ford was sick that day. It was supposed to be a mm. big action sequence where those two characters fought and they had choreographed it. But Harrison Ford could like barely stand up. And he was like, what if instead I did this? And so they did that. And it's fantastic. And it's, it's influenced great. everything from The Mummy to Moon Knight to other things. <laughs> yeah. It's it's great. And so that that fight sequence was fun. But this episode, I just want to nail down what is our Moon Knight's power set? Here? Why? Well, just enjoy the show. All right. No, I, oh, it's, I, it's interesting. Turn for the first episode, go out a whole hog on Moon Knight has a lot of powers to push it aside the discussion because he's realized Moon Knight doesn't have powers. What are you talking about? He's got powers. Well, this Moon Knight has powers, but comic yeah. book Moon Knight, just a guy in a suit. Sometimes. So, so what do we have here? He's super fast. Mm-hmm. He's super strong. Right. Bulletproof cape, apparently. Well, the, um, the yeah, the uh the He's suit. got moonerangs. He can throw moonerangs. Right, right. And he's got cape knives that shoot out of the cape somehow. Right. Cape knives? Is it cape knives or it's I think it's just like moon-shaped batarangs that he has. Well, he has the moonerangs, but then when he Yeah, there's he, also like these kind of like like almost claw Type mm-hmm. knives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He sprays them out at all the, the gunmen and just yeah, he does. wipes them out. Oh, okay. I thought those were a lot of moonerangs that he was throwing, but could be something different. I think they were cape knives. <laughs> have I made that clear? Yeah. I really hope they establish yeah. this in the next episode. And he's like, by the way, just to be clear, I have both moonerangs and cape knives. And cape knives. Well, it th- seems like the moonerangs were gold and the cape knives were silver. And, well, and I think he only has the moonerangs from his central crest, and right. he, the cape knives come out of um, they're knives that come out of the cape. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah we cool. got it. Super uh, and he also Good. has healing clearly because he gets impaled several times while jousting. Yeah. No, he's rack. got the suit okay. on. You you can't get yeah yeah because he, he's got the, the, those bandages. What are they yeah. uh, jousting poles? What are they actually called? Javelins. Javelins? Spears? Spears? Spears. That's what I was looking for. He gets a couple of spears through him. Like, and they look like yeah. they're going potentially all the way through. So he's able to they heal are, yeah, from something are. like that. And that's because of the, the mummy wraps. Yeah. Yes. Because of the mummy wraps. The mummy wraps Special. are the ones that hold the cape knives, I believe. I don't. That's the thing. We have to establish this because we don't know. Moon Knight's just being Moon Knight. And it's up to us to be like, what's his deal? This is where Stephen Grant should be coming in and being like, what are your powers? Do you have <laughs> no, cape stop. knives, moon rain? <laughs> What's going on? I'm going Please to have stop. some sticky toffee Don't ruin now. this for me, you asshole. I'm, I'm not the one who's ruining it for you. He's just doing it back to you. It's something you exactly. already love, Pete. These are lines from the show. Nope. <laughs> These are I think they're wines from the show So I will say though I know we're being a little glib about this But I really did think Other than the Layla scene Which struck me as a little weird The whole opening sequence The fight on the roof The jockeying back and forth Of Stephen and Mark Recontrolling the body How Stephen just keeps like Putting him in a cab Getting him out of the situation Apologizing to people And then ultimately We get this twist here Which surprisingly is not addressed at all. It seems pretty clear there's another personality in it. Yeah, right? another yeah. person. Yeah, other than... Kanchu. Kanchu. Right. Well, I assume... Potentially. I assume this not personality... Not anymore, because now he's in a, in a little doll. 
So Who's in the comic here? books, there's another personality. There's Jake Lockley, who's kind of his cab driver. Like he's just yeah. a cab driver and he usually gets information out on the town. If I remember correctly from the comics, my guess is that he's like the more, it is Jake Lockley. It is this third personality, but he's the one that like gets shit done. Like he comes in and conscious like, no, Jake, you come out, kill these dudes. Now get out of here. Don't let them know you exist. He's the more extreme version. See, that could be. But to me, I, I now, I've, now that we've established Moon Knight's powers, what's Khonshu's thing? Because Khonshu seems like a sort of a shithead, a god. He didn't do much. And then all of a sudden he's like making an eclipse happen and then turning back the stars. So how is he both wildly powerful and not powerful at all? Well, I think we've already established, though – so first of all, he has control over like the night sky. Obviously, right. there's that wonderful line. One of my, I think maybe my favorite line in the series so far. When they're trying, they're looking through the star chart and they're trying to figure out, okay, how do we match this up with the stars? Steven says, "Oh, that's from two thousand years ago. How would we find a star chart from two thousand years ago?" And Kachu says, "I remember the night. I, I remember, remember night. every night. Yeah, I yeah, love that. That was cool. And I think that's the Great. thing. It's like he is the god of the night sky. He's the god of the moon. So he's able to control those things. That's why he's able to do an eclipse early in the episode. That's why, with Moon Knight's help, he's able to turn back the night sky later in the episode. Uh, but ultimately, he does have limited powers, and I think limited both to the moon and the night sky, but also." the fact that he is the God who is chosen to remain on earth and work with his avatar. Yeah. Do you think he's also the God of when the moon hits your eye, like a big pizza pie? Uh, no, that's a different, there, there is a Egyptian God of love who, of course, I won't say the name of, I know who it is, but I won't say it. <laughs> cool. Very cool. Yes. Koi. Uh, yeah. I really love that sequence. I thought that was also beautiful. I also love the fact that like, they're kind of just going for it at this point, that it isn't like everybody in Egypt is looking in the other direction while the night sky changes. Everybody stops. Everybody's like, yeah. what is happening? And if I'm a person in the yeah. Marvel Universe, I'm like, well, Thanos is back. I'm dead now. That's it for me. Really? You see, like, crazy things happen in the night sky. Every time that happens, there's some sort of alien invasion at this point or something. Hmm. I mean, yeah, what would you be if you're like, oh, Thanos is back? When... Wouldn't you be like, oh, I hope I get snapped this time? Yeah. Like, I, I need let, a break? I need a nice rest for five years. <laughs> I, yeah. Anytime I see the night sky going backwards, I just think, uh, you know, someone's tr flying around the world trying to uh, turn back time. Oh, yeah. That's Superman. That's uh, his main power, I believe. Yeah. Uh, his secondary yeah, power, of course, is taking his logo and throwing it and trapping people. <laughs> oh, man. Mm hmm uh, let's get back to Moon Knight, maybe. What do you guys think? Yeah. Um, so as Enough diver <laughs> uh, diversions, Pete. We, we mentioned this before, but they don't get any information about Amit's tomb. So Conchu uh, creates an eclipse to call on the avatars. Now, a discussion that we had on the last episode that we started to broach was the idea of are gods real in the Marvel Universe? Wait, specifically, wait. are they real here? Yes. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, what's better, a scarab or a brooch. Uh, I thought that was the no, discussion. Didn't use any of those words, oh. but okay. Okay. Sorry. Wait, what do you think, though? Well, we can stop there. Uh, scarab or brooch, what do you think is better? Well, I think a brooch is more versatile, but I tell you, if you have a nice uh, scarab, that really classes up your outfit. Isn't a scarab a brooch? Uh, it's a type of brooch, very, very specific type of brooch. It's a scarab-shaped scarab brooch. Yeah. 
when you Ooh. want to get an item like that and you just want to get a scarab, uh, when you go into the jeweler, how do you broach the subject? Oh, boy. Mm. Well, what do you think about Harrow using the scarab as his own little snitch, his own little sweet little golden Harrow snitch? Harrow using the scarab, as yeah. if you will. Uh, I don't know. That was fine. Uh, what do you think about the fact that <laughs> <laughs> we've now had three episodes in a row where it's like Moon Knight's doing a bunch of stuff, and then three quarters of the way through, Harrow's like, well, I'm walking in, and I'm messing up the situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, he – I mean, the – to talk to move into the whole avatar in the pyramids sequence here, um, Harrow coming wait, in. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get to that, I did want to say that the the Oscar Isaac moment of him being like, "What are we doing? Are we dancing? Or are we fighting?" Like his character work is is really enjoyable. Like seeing the different characters kind of like go through different things and handle different situations. And um, I, I, I'm having a blast with it. I thought it was such a fun thing for these, like, at first scary kind of knife guys, but then he kind of takes them down a notch, and uh, it becomes a very enjoyable fight sequence that is almost like a dance. But um, mm, also beautiful. the fact that we needed Steven in this episode was huge. Like, uh, you know, normally it's like, you know, as uh, Kanchu points out, like this idiot... We don't need this guy, but it was nice to see Stephen uh, needed for his expertise. I do think on that point, they're doing a really good job as they walk through the episodes of continuing to expand and explore this, like you're saying, Pete. The fact that we basically had Stephen in the first episode, we met Mark in the second episode. This is the big Mark episode, but wrapping it back to Stephen, like you're saying, how they're starting to figure out how to like very carefully work together with each other uh, is great. And it's also just leading to a lot of sequences where it's basically Oscar Isaac talking to himself, but it's totally working. And I think the power, the power shifting a bit where originally like Steven is this uh, like, just can't figure his life out. Mark shows up and is like, let me have it. I know what I'm doing. I'm a superhero. And then in this episode, like in the Avatar scene, Mark's like, I'm messed up. Uh, I'm not doing well. He's He has a, a fraught relationship with his wife. And it feels like Steven is now getting more powerful. He solves the um, star. He makes a star out of stars and um, is sort of helping them get this going. Also, and Alex this- showing that they need, they need each other. Yeah, and also like uh, how Kanchu is – Uh, You know, to get to the meeting that you were talking about, Justin, like how, you know, Kanchu is this character who isn't just this. In the beginning, we think just like this God who just wants vengeance and hates people like to see him struggle in the meeting to kind of get his point across and to talk to these other gods and be able to do kind of just like even when he's right. Uh, uh, and and he put it all on the line to kind of prove himself. And he has this line where you talk about great uh, line readings. He was just like, the last time I saw the gods, I was banished. Like it wasn't this voice that's, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a quieter kind of conscious. So it's like we're seeing a lot of different sides to not only the the characters, but also the gods in this, which is interesting. Well, that was the big thing that I wanted to talk about that Justin and I chatted about a little bit the last episode is 
the big difference here in this show in terms of how they're treating gods, you know, if you look at the progression through the MCU, we brought this up the last episode, but just to go through it very quickly, the idea I'm that sorry. we started with, no, 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 it's fine. I'm reviewing for you and for any listeners. Yeah, I guess not, not skeptic- all of us were, were committed to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't you fucking start, up. bro. The Thor thing of, <laughs> oh, we're not gods, we're just Charlie really, over here. we're really advanced aliens, and to you it seems like magic, but it's actually science. Uh, and then as we've gone, we've kind of skipped past that part a lot. Uh, but then you also have Eternals, which is the same thing, where they've created all this mythology. But here, it really feels like for the first time the MCU, they're like... No, they're gods. You know, they have god powers. That's it. And there's no explanation there. I don't think there's any explanation coming. I don't think there needs to be any explanation coming. But I guess, Pete, since you weren't here the last time, what's your take on it? How do you feel about full-fledged, seemingly, bringing gods into the MCU? Well, I mean, uh, when you deal with Moon Knight, you got to have that god conversation. You know, you got to kind of, uh, uh, it's got to happen. It's a part of who Moon Knight is, um, unless you're going to kind of do the Jeff Lemire approach a little bit, where maybe he's just crazy the whole time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I've I've I was really impressed in this episode as well the way they kind of did the not only the uh, different gods, but also the way that kind of like. Um, Mark had to do kind of like the Kanchu God voice was also funny and kind of awkward, but uh, cool as well. He, Go ahead. He should be better at Kanchu should be better at talking through his avatar. It was mm-hmm. a little like like he needs to be a better puppeteer. Well, that's uh, the that's an interesting thing. Like. He's not good at it, which is great because that means he doesn't make the human do, you know what I mean? Like he suggests things, he kind of like, but the avatar is the one in control, you know? So it's, I like the fact that Kanchu's awkward in Mark's body and doesn't like to, you know what I mean? Hearing you say that uh, puts a theory in my head that I'm going to throw out to you. We learned at the end of this episode that um, Harrow, uh, well, we knew Harrow was uh, a former avatar, but um, Harrow says, your torment forged me. Yeah. What do you think of the idea that maybe Khonshu fully took over Harrow for a long time mm-hmm. and Harrow finally escaped and that's why he wants revenge on Khonshu specifically because he took advantage of him in the same way that perhaps this third personality that came through in this episode is Khonshu exerting more control than he should. Or maybe Khonshu was like, yo, dude, you put glass in your shoes every day and that shit's fucked up. So I'm out. We got to go our separate ways. And like that rage then, uh, kind of kept fueled him to be like even more hardcore and kind of led forged him to that. Well, you always want to have a plate with you no matter where you go. And and even if it's in pieces in your shoes, Mm -hmm. put it together, dinner, dinner served. Have you guys, I know a lot of people have been doing this since the first episode came out. They were really inspired by Harrow and everything that he was doing. Have you guys done the glass shoes thing? Yeah. No, I've yeah, been walking it. up to people and then judging them and then uh, uh, if if I feel like they're oh, evil. Oh, you've been doing the second part. You've been skipping yeah, yeah. over the glass shoes. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. I go just, straight. Just to a tip. I have, for- I have a... I have a s- 
I have a sneaker collab with Nike that's um, just instead of the air pockets, it's just straight glass. glass. In the shoes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I've been building up to it. I've been putting cornflakes in my shoes. It still hurts a oh, lot. Smart. It hurts a lot. But... Cornflakes are known as sort of junior glass, <laughs> starter most glass. Of my, most of my windows in my house are made out of cornflakes. Because I'm not yes. ready, man. I'm not Which ready. would you rather have, yeah, Legos? Birds love your home. <laughs> Legos or glass? Lego. Wait, what? A whole entire home made out of Legos? No, I'm talking about to walk Ooh. on. If you oh, had to, to put walk something on, put something on your shoes. Oh man! I, Great when my kids, I make them play with both just so they uh, are comfortable. <laughs> so have the experience. That's you're a good it's dad. It's yeah. harder to put glass together and make a fun little sculpture spaceship. Yeah, I'm saving up for one of those uh, big Star Wars glass sets that you build out of glass shards yourself. Nice. Yeah. So expensive, though. Well, I'm trying to get my kids. I'm just going to get them sand and like a very strong fire and <laughs> see if they can make some real glass stuff I mean, there. Another great dad choice you're making. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back to Moon Knight once again to talk a little bit more about the avatars. I also really liked how quickly they defined everybody. I I think I missed which avatar she was for. It might have been Isis or something like that. But Whoa, whoa. The god, the god, Pete. Isis? Ibis? Isis. Isis. Uh, there you go. Anyway, Stop I don't know what God she was for. Sorry, Al-Qaeda. Uh, is that better, Pete? Wow. Do you like that? What's happening? <laughs> this is so weird. I don't know. Pete got very uncomfortable, so I felt obligated yeah, I to make it more uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a weird uh, game of chicken you guys are always playing on this podcast. <laughs> In any case... My point being that she seemed to have some interest in Kachu. It seemed like they had some sort of relationship. Yeah, a little, a little history. Ah. Well, I liked how like that was very quickly established. The guy who was at the front, uh, the one with the shaved head, who seems more like a businessman, was clearly established the, as an antagonistic relationship as well. Osiris's avatar, I believe, mm-hmm. and he's working. With Harrow, we learn at the end of the episode. All right, so here's my question, though, about the whole Harrow thing is it's weird that as a non-Avatar, he just gets to walk in and out of this place, right? Like, I know you interpreted it as he's working with the Osiris dude, but I looked at it more as like, oh, you're a former Avatar. We respect you. This is a courtesy of showing what's happening with Khonshu. But even that is super strange, just from an organizational perspective. Yes, and I. And I think it's pronounced Osiris. <laughs> that, that's good. <gap. laughs> well, what do you think, though, Pete? Is Harrow working with Osiris's avatar on something evil, or is it just Harrow is there? Yeah, I think it was just more like a follow-up after a business meeting kind of thing. I don't think it was... Uh, just circling like, back. You clearly yeah. just came from work. Justin, you're uh, disagreeing on this. I think that they are working together, and Harrow is... I mean, he, the way Harold comes in and just plays the the gods uh, and gets um, uh, Mark on the outs there, and Kanchu ends up it was, getting friend. It was upsetting the way that he could just, like, uh, silver tongue his way in and out of that whole situation. Yeah. He tongued his way right through that, which is a, a great way to get any sort of business done, according to Pete. Uh, but the uh, the way that... It makes me feel like Osiris's guy is already helping him out in that meeting, and then we get them together at the end. I think it's a conspiracy. That definitely makes more sense than the way that it played out, which yeah. is that you have a bunch of gods being like, well, I guess he's just in the desert. We got to believe him. 
No reason to think that he's trying to dig up Ahmet's tomb. If they are manipulating it, if it is a conspiracy, it makes a lot more sense why these all-powerful beings have no idea what Harrow is doing, when he has hundreds of people out of the desert digging there in the specific place where they trapped Ahmet, probably. So, so yeah, I, I believe your theory. I'm with you, Justin. I'll buy it. Finally. Um, well, and I also think, like, maybe because Osiris... Osiris's avatar probably knew Harrow from back when Harrow was an avatar. So maybe they got some avatar. Like when interns come up together, they always conspire oh, yeah, to overthrow sure, their yeah, over, yeah. the overlords. Now, the other big part of the episode we should probably talk about is going over and checking out the sarcophagus. They're looking for the star chart. Um, there's a bit of a sad note here. I don't know if you guys know this. I assume some folks in the listening audience yes. know this. But the guy who played, I believe the character is Anton Mogart, uh, who is the dealer. He You first see him without a shirt on. He puts on the robe. Sh- shirtless he's, horseman. Shirtless horseman. Uh, he's played by an actor named Gaspard Ulial, who kind of shockingly and suddenly died in a skiing accident after he filmed this part. Um, So there is a in memoriam for him right at the end of the episode after the main credits, which I thought was very nice to see. Uh, But it also throws a little bit of a pall over a otherwise fun sequence, uh, knowing that came immediately afterwards. Let's stop. I thought you were going to say he was actually a centaur, Mm, but uh, rest in peace. I'm sorry to hear that uh, he's no longer there. I mean, at least you got to do like a badass shirtless fight scene as kind of like a villain type. I mean, that's pretty sweet. I thought he did a great job and yeah. I thought he was, it was yeah. a very fun sequence. I loved wherever they shot it. It looked like something where they found somebody's bizarre jousty pyramid mansion. And they're like, this is where we're shooting this thing. Maybe they built it. I guess yeah. it's possible, but um, whatever it was, it was a really cool set and it was really well lit. I also like the boat sequence before that with Layla and Mark running across. Yeah. Um, reminded me a little bit of, is there a boat sequence? Which Bond movie is it? Is it Spectre, I think, or something? When they're going mm-hmm. over to the island, there's the same sort of thing where it's just like really gorgeously lit by the city in the background. So... Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. it was nice to kind of like have a little bit of the, you know, I, I, it was under control. I didn't tell you because I didn't think it would, you know, uh, kind of blow up like this, which is a poor excuse, but a little bit of a, a at least she can understand a little bit of it. And um, yeah, so it was nice to see him owning some of his uh, bullshit a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the, uh, kind of like the conversation that they were having on the boat ride over. So, uh, I thought it was, a it great was cute. Use. And how about Layla's necklace knives sort of right up there with Cape knives as secret knives that come out and do some stabbing. Well, if you're gonna, you know, start hanging out with uh, Moon Knight, you got to start, you know, having some neckwear that's also murderous, some you know? functional jewelry. Yeah, exactly. I thought overall that fight was very fun. Just having them both going at the same time. I'm not usually the biggest fan of the action movie trope where everybody splits off and fights their own individual enemies. But there was something yeah. about the way that it was staged here that I think really worked, and part of it was. Almost flipping it where you had normally you'd have like Layla uh, fighting the female villain and she gets kind of overwhelmed or something like that. But here you have her fighting a generic thug. Moon Knight is the one that gets completely overwhelmed and she has to go and save him. And yeah. 
they don't talk about it much. Like they don't point it out. Obviously, we're pointing it out here. But I, I appreciated that. I thought there was a smarter telling of that particular action trope. What I'm well, uh, I loved. I love the way the action sort of followed the eye a little bit. I think it was really well staged as a unit because that trope you were talking about always feels like it's one scene and then another scene that's totally unrelated. And this felt like we were standing in the middle being like, oh, no. Whoa, cool. Look at those cape knives. And like all the following the action, you know, cape knives. Yeah, you're really hitting that. Um, Yeah, I I just think that like – Something that I'm worried about moving forward. Uh, I do agree, though. The action sequences have been really phenomenal, phenomenal, and very enjoyable. And and I'm really, uh, I'm I'm a sucker for it every time. Uh, what I'm worried about moving forward is something that we're not going to have, kind of, uh, and that's Kanchu. Um, I thought he was. Uh, there was some like a kind of adorable Kanchu moments in this episode when he was kind of like, Oh, I really thought he was going to talk for that one bad guy who ended up cutting his scarf. And you know, like, man, you know, that looked like a really nice scarf. Like, I don't want to, you know, say, but maybe it was over a hundred dollars. Like that looked like a really, oh, wow. Nice, you think? Wow. Yeah. To cut that how, are you at, like that? how are you at pricing scarves, Pete? <laughs> I could spot a, a nice scarf a mile away. I feel like I want to do sort of a Pepsi challenge with you and see if you can just <laughs> price that scarf. If I hold, if I held up three scarves at different price points, you think you could get them? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think Ten dollars, hundred dollars, thousand dollars scarf. Yep. Okay, it's on within, within twenty bucks. I could, de- I could definitely do it. You're um, gonna I name just... the price? Price is right, style? Oh, I don't <laughs> think so. You probably don't know this, but uh, Pete, uh, when he was a kid saw uh, an old man walking in front of a uh, upholstery truck and pushed him out of the way and got hit by it. <laughs> and now he gained the power to sense thread counts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like pulling it out of my body. Trying you got to it, there. You got it. He's, oh, my God. He's thread devil. <laughs> thread devil. What's the word? Keep oh talking until you figure out what the word is. Oh my God. <laughs> hysterical. But yeah, uh, I'm a little worried about since now Kanchu is a statue, like um, what that means for, uh, you know, Moon Knight's powers. Um, not good. Yeah. I don't like think how, it's good. How he's more of a statuette. He's almost like, uh, I don't know, like a bobblehead. A miniature? But I will say, I think, uh, you know, the smart thing they're doing in the series that I mentioned earlier is each episode has its own specific focus for the main character. And here, potentially giving us an episode where it takes Kanchu off the board completely. You know, I'm kind of jumping a division board here a little bit. I think that's a really smart thing to do. To They've showed us the different aspects of this character. They showed us Moon Knight. They've showed us the Mr. Knight costume. They've kind of showed us how the powers work in this episode in particular. Um, but to then show it, how, okay, now that you have these two characters, Stephen Grant and Mark Spector, how do they work together without these powers will potentially be interesting to see. And I liked how uh, Stephen tried to call a timeout. Very uh, in fun. the middle of the fight, and then was, yeah, was like, "Take fun. it, take it, take the body back, take, take, take the suit. Come on!" Oh my god! What did you think, Pete, of the moment where Moon Knight jumps and he does the moon cape thing? Oh, His cape, I moon cape, a, a, a sucker for all of it. Now, I think that's very cool, um, but 
as far as impressing people, you have to be standing in a very particular position to really be dazzled by that. Yeah, because otherwise it won't look like a moon if you're not really in that right position. Good yeah. good thing the camera work was spot on. That's some great line producing, am I right? It's a good thing. That's not definitely not what that is. Oh. Yeah, it's a good thing the camera... And how about the fact that they happen to have that iPad Constellation app on hand for the end of this adventure? It was... It's important to have your apps Wait, you're updated. Gonna go for- to, you're going to go to Egypt without an uh, iPad Constellation app? Are you telling me... I, I just to have it so quickly. I mean, if you, she'd have to sift through a bunch of like, oh, there's the Final Fantasy three that I downloaded. Now let me dig through this. There's my notes app, uh, calculator. I should no, no, organize I the these apps better. I, yeah. I, I well, should organize it. Not a lot of people talk about this, but there's a very good Wi-Fi in the desert. Yeah. So yeah, if you need to download true. an app, you're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know, but cactuses are actually um, <laughs> Wi-Fi towers. You huh? just gotta, huh? huh. Yeah. They're full of water and Wi-Fi. Those are the yeah, two things. Exactly. <laughs> Other moments. The password the- is "Don't touch me." <laughs> Ooh, I'm sharp. <laughs> Any other moments for the episodes that you guys want to call out in particular? I feel like we've covered. Well, man, we, we did a great job. We did a great job. We. <laughs> oh, this is where we do the victory lap. <laughs> our, our great <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> Yeah, it's about time. Oh, uh, I like the part when they were kind of walking through the pyramid and we had the ski, uh, Stephen geek out moment where he's like, oh my God, we're in the pyramid. That was cool. Just like a little hype moment because it was, it's almost a moment that's lost, but it was nice to kind of like have Steve geek out about that a little bit. Before uh, we wrap up here, though, why don't we go to the vision board and talk about what we want to see in the next episode? Pete. What is on your vision board for episode four? Hmm. I'm I'm hoping for like boot knives, you know what I mean, in the next app. Um, oh, you know, uh, other places knives can come out. Yeah, exactly. More knives, please, uh, and in any shapes. And uh, see, I I go on the other way. I want other stuff to come out of the cape. Oh, really? Like mm. like ice cream or mm. um, like a Volkswagen Beetle or something. Wow, you think? Wow, you think he's got soft serve in there? We don't know. We don't know how his power set goes. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, sure no, he's he got a V-Dub dealership in there. He only has iced custard, unfortunately. He doesn't have any soft serve. I mean, sad. that's actually better. It's it really is, nice. It's really good. rich. I, Wait, you're saying custard's better than regular ice cream right now? Yes. Custard's very good. I, custard is like ice cream just ramped up. What? Heightened the, ice cream. There's fewer no bubbles. It's like dense. Bubbles? Well, like, there's just less air in general in there. It's all compacted. Is your usually very bubbly? Is that uh, that what you... It's empty on the inside, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a big big thing of seltzer. No, but seriously, though, on my vision board, I would like to maybe get to either, is there another personality in there? Uh, Or uh, do we get to see everything that we're dealing with? Um, And I'm also hoping for a better relationship with the three of them, uh, including Layla. Uh, Thruple. Mm-hmm. Do you, do, see do you think they're in a love triangle? Oh, okay. Do, yeah. Yeah, for a Are little bit. Because, a, like, th- when Steven sees her, like, he's like, oh, you know, like, there is this kind of, like, possibility for love. And she feels that, which is nice. So she's kind of like, oh, look at that. I'm, I'm being appreciated, which is, this is a nice feeling. Uh, so maybe if Mark messes up, you know, Steve can step in. Isn't that awkward to have your ex literally there all the time? Nah. You think you're cool with it? <laughs> I'd be cool with it. 
Pete's cool. girlfriend used to date his cat, so they work it out. It's just awkward. put a tie yeah. on the door, man. That doesn't work when they're inside the brain. Um, my vision board. I'm, my vision board is two things. I'm going to put forward my theory once again that um, Conchu is the third personality, and that's where we're going to find out that Harrow Conchu took over Harrow for a long time, um, and Harrow wants revenge. I feel like he's not going to let Conchu stay in that Funko Pop in the Egyptian shelf. He's going to break him out so he can get more revenge on him. I wish it was a little bit more Funko Pop. I'm worried about it tipping over there. It seemed a little top heavy. Fragile. Definitely does. I want to find out more about the avatars. I thought that was so interesting, and it's such a fascinating thing to throw in halfway through here. They're interesting characters. I want to know more about them. So hopefully we'll find out more about that. I think you think they will relate to James Cameron avatar, James Cameron's avatars? They did make that joke in the first episode, but I actually think it's going to be Avatar The Last Airbender. I think we're going to mm. find out that one of them nice. is Cora. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm here for that. If you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Moon Knight, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. 